Hello, welcome to Sonic Talk number 426. Back again after a short break, though you did have uh, Deep Forest last week, Eric Muko, which I thought was a fantastic chat. Very open and exciting guy. Talked about synthesizers. Want to say thank you to our show sponsors. Uh, of course, we have Isotope. There'll be details of the competition coming up shortly. But we also have UVI, makers of the creative hybrid instrument Falcon. Get in touch with them, uh, find out a bit more about it. Use the URL bit.ly forward slash stfalcon to check out the latest creative hybrid instrument from UVI. So hello, everybody, and welcome. Today's the day. I want to say hi to our guests and also hi to our fulsome chat room, as we always like to say. Well, I certainly do. It is fulsome today. I guess uh, people just can't get enough of our live stuff, which is great. Oh, Rich is holding up, look, a little card of somebody, which I should probably shouldn't show because it might have his personal contact details on it. And I know what you lot are like. No, it hasn't. It's all right. Uh, Well, Rich is obviously... um, been in touch with UVI people, and I know we've had them on before um, talking about, uh, not had them on before, but uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and uh, the Falcon looks very interesting. But let's get on to our uh, live guests. So I'll start over here because we have Gaz. Who, oh, Gaz froze, but now is he back? Let's see. Gaz is back. There we go. Mr. Gaz Williams, fresh from, uh, well, it looks like a hair growing competition. <laughs> How are you, Gaz? Well, Gaz no, he's not. Gaz, of course, is a professional bass player, music technologist, and studio reorganizer. I know you've just actually sorted out your studio, and it's all become a thing of beauty. Are you? How are you enjoying your new um, studio layout? Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, in the far corner there is an iPad running touchable, so it's kind of. I, I was keeping two very separate parts the one part at one end of the room being computer based and then the part at the other end of the room being all the kind of little midi instruments and what oh. actually putting a touchable controller in there and having everything running in total to live but you know the computer interaction being fairly minimal and i turn it off most of the time as well so it's so it's just there ready to capture stuff you're breaking up a little bit there, Gaz. I don't know if you've got it's, a... Uh... It's, it's a good compromise, because I've been looking at trying to build a... Oh. Yeah, your video oh, and audio. Oh, we did get most of that, but your bandwidth is very low, not like usual. Um, so perhaps I'll come back to you in a sec. You might want to just check your settings a minute. But it's a pleasure to have you. Gaz Williams, of course, uh, a regular reviewer, and we hope to have him looking at the Novation circuit very shortly, uh, which we're quite excited about, because there's obviously a bit of a hoo-ha about that. It's quite an interesting, innovative instrument. But let's go elsewhere while Gaz takes a look at his settings. Let's say hello to Mark Tinley. Mark Tinley, uh, creative thinker, uh, musician, amongst other things, and man with uh, a very blue set of um echo location echo reducing well flutter echo reducing cheap chinese pads. phone uh, cheap chinese cheap phone chinese i was going to put phone. i was trying to put it in a way that sounded a little more enticing but uh, that thank you thank you for joining right, us Mark. sound diffusion foam that's right hello how are you i'm very well i, I would say yes internationally sourced sound diffusion device <laughs> fabulous yeah that makes it sound really good doesn't it does it? doesn't it that sounds much Oh, where's it gone? I got this from China as well. Look at these. Look, they turn into internationally diffused sound diffusion, oh, whatever that's called. So, were they, they for corners or putting Loads monitor? of them for corners? Yeah, they were like I don't know, sixteen pounds, including postage, for like about a, a, a dozen of them. I think. Right. I don't have a dozen corners though, so I've got two left over. Well, and now you're wondering, how has he got 10 corners in that room? But... I was just thinking. Well, if, yeah, it depends which way you put them, because you you've might, got each you angle of the some... corner. You've got, because you've also, you've got the, I've that got a one, shelf as well. that one, and that one. You've got three corners in each corner, if you see what I mean. Uh, yeah, you could do it like that. But I've also got a shelf, which is, which is over the top of my speakers, which has a corner in the corner. There you go. Obviously. Something you, I'm sure you can find a space. Undiffuse, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, I'll shut up. Anyway, th- but thank you for joining us. That sounds else. like you're a lot. You've got a smoke alarm in uh, in the background there, go doing a little something going on. But uh, yeah, I'll see if I can sort that. Out, I'm going to go uh, to Mr. Richard Hilton, who's uh, fresh from Connecticut, where he mans the controls for Mr. Nile Rogers in the studio. 
witnessed many great musical events, no doubt. Also, is on the road with uh, Sheik, where he plays keyboards uh, as well. How are you, Rich? I'm good, thank you. Very well. I'm glad to hear that too. Are you look and bit, you? Uh, yes, I'm good too. Uh, we're all good. Uh, obviously, I look what? Sorry, <laughs> I look what? You look. You look cold. You look well, uh, like you've got no, a lot I'm of wa- really warm. In ah, this. Well, that's what I meant. Yes, I, I suppose that's what I meant. <laughs> Comfy. Excellent. No, it's uh, beautiful autumn well, weather we've had, actually. It hasn't been too cold, uh, seasonally speaking. So it's great. Ah, yeah, no, it's been very warm here as well. But anyway, I want to say thank you very much to everybody. I think before we go any further, I, I, I think we can't help but say, you know, obviously our thoughts go out to everybody in Paris and the kind of wider music community because of what just recent world events. I don't want to get into the details of it because it's such a, a deep and uh, a heavy issue. But I just want to say, you know, if anybody out there has been affected by it or in any way, then, you know, we want to say uh, condolences to you. And, and obviously, you know, hopefully this is this is it. Anyway, that's all really thank you very much uh for listening to my witterings but um so i think what we'll start with is perhaps the uh this which is an interesting concept well, i have to say the sound in this thing is absolutely this massive that's <laughs> really really uh, sounds like it's been through it so this is a really interesting new box or not that new but it's one that's just recently come to mind we posted a news item about it it's kind of a kind of do it all uh, little feedback anti-feedback compression EQ curve sub uh, harmonic sort of sub driver that you could take out to gigs with you it's based on the dbx go live racks which are much more complex speaker management systems and just really like the idea of this notion i mean i'm sure you know that we've seen this kind of technology in a few instances you know certainly with like tc helicon voice live where you get sweeteners but this is designed to kind of interface between you and your speakers and be able to give you a kind of more professional sounding less feedbacky thing which i'm guessing you know to many people perhaps you know obviously i guess rich and it's not going to work so much for a sheet gig but i mean i'm sure it would be useful but you you have you're much more tooled up when you go to this sort of thing but it seems like quite an interesting idea and it's really really cheap i mean what by cheap i mean inexpensive 99 dollars 79 quid quite a cool idea i know gaz i mean you do i've seen you play sort of a few smaller smaller venues i mean obviously it's quite difficult because you get a lot of sound coming off stage as well so you any anything like this needs to be able to interact with what what the general ambient venue sound is but it's a neat idea don't you think yeah and i mean the cost of it is it's unbelievably cheap because there's two preamps in there as well yeah so you could use just as a PA in itself, just that two mics going into that. You could hold on. I've got some pictures here. There's a. I think if I hit that, yeah. There's the the back, and then there's uh, the, the top. So you just got individual buttons, and it's kind of very very simple and straightforward. Anti feedback. I'm guessing it learns. Press and hold. You get various different parameters for amounts of compression, sub synth settings, and then I think there are 16 EQ curves, which may or may not suit the venue. You. you it's designed to work with active speakers, I'd imagine, because if you're going to take this along, you've probably not got racks of amps, because if you have racks of amps, you'd probably have a rack with something like that in it as well. But it's kind of neat. Do you th- I mean, oh, that, sorry, wrong button. In fact, it's got mic preamps that you could just use that, just that, microphone that, and plug it into any system. That in itself is pretty powerful, really, because it's got, you know, just like a really microphone, one of those, any room people talking giving talks you know the feedback control like pretty cool thing it does look pretty neat i mean it's not something that i find i I mean i think it might be interesting for processing as well just in terms of maybe getting because they're they're pushing it all across the board from solo performers small bands uh djs that sort of thing where you know perhaps you know maybe a small venue where they haven't got all of that protection built into their their systems kind of cool i know uh, mark you're you're uh you occasionally do smaller gigs with your guitar and what have you i mean there are, I, th- I think, is there something like this from <coughs> other people, or is it this? This just looks like a little pocket-sized bundle of. Maybe the bearings are anti-feedback things, but I. Uh, but this looks like you could plug it in and it would work. And I noticed that it's got a subharmonic synthesizer on it as well. Yeah. Which DBX just happened to do like the best and brilliantly. So if it does, if it works as that, 
I'm I'm intrigued by the 31 band graphic EQ and the idea that you're going to have all these different presets for different music. I wonder if people will stick to those or use them creatively. But how on earth can they do this for like 79 pounds or euros? Well, it's just a, DSP. It looks it? like a, it looks like a very very uh, useful thing, yeah. and it looks like the sort of thing that every sound engineer should have in a drawer, even if you know for for that. You know, pull out and fix things. Purpose, but actually, it looks like a device that every sound engineer should have in between, the, <laughs> in between the desk output and the amp. Actually, but, uh, maybe not in a drawer, but you know, it does look good. Sorry, guys. On a pedal board, on a guitarist pedal board. Oh yeah, that yeah. might be interesting. You put some amazing big... just to have that on your pedal board. It's got line inputs in there. Yeah, it has. Well, it comes from this family of of, uh, of processors. These are the drive racks. I mean, these look like sort of multi-channel setups. I'm presumably some of these are going to have delays and stuff. So you'd be using it in larger venues where you might need to delay cluster, clusters and different sides. So they've got a big rack of it, and then you know goes goes right down to this little guy. I know, Rich. I mean, I'm guess there's a lot of people in the US who do small gigs, and you know, hence and church church gigs. I mean, there's there's probably quite a big market for this kind of thing, wouldn't you imagine? I would imagine, and it looks like a really useful thing, and I'd love to see it in action. Yeah, I guess the thing is, is if you're in a small, like we talked about, if you're in a small venue when your stage sound is going to be a part of the overall thing, whether it introduces any latency, because it's got to be DSP, right, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, probably DSP. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but That's... probably, and yeah, probably a little bit of latency, but I don't think it matters. Do you not actually? Right, it doesn't matter. Latency doesn't matter on the PA on just across the PA, it, because the, the crowd are a hundred feet away. They've already got fifteen milliseconds latency. No, more than that. It's about a millisecond a foot, isn't it? So if they're a hundred feet away, they've already got a hundred milliseconds latency. So if this introduces another ten or fifteen or twenty milliseconds, nobody's going to notice. No, that's a fair point. But anyway, this was just a useful little thing. I mean, I suppose there's not an awful lot much more to say about it, really, apart from, I mean, I've never got, because I I've, I, have been, I did do uh, a bunch of live sound in my past, and I do remember the first time I had to get involved, and actually when that, those venues, when you show up with the band, the PA arrives late, and they just drop it in the middle of the floor and go, there you go, and there's no tech or anything, and you have to put the whole thing together and, <laughs> and remember which direction. It's like, okay, I go mixing desk into crossover, crossover into limiters and the limiters into amp. I think that's it, and, and just sort of hope for the best and that you have any kind of inkling. It always used to be the BSS tunable crossovers that we used to get, so you'd mute it, and it, but it was, God. It, and that, No, then, then it would be... Did you go crossovers into limiters or, uh, sorry, crossovers into graphic or graphic into crossover? Mark, you might remember this. I can never remember the order it used to go in. Crossovers last, isn't it? Crossover, <coughs> yes, crossover would be last. Yeah, that's a very but, good But um, I'll tell you where this would be useful. Ibiza. Because whenever <laughs> you do sound in Ibiza, you go like, right, we're going to do a sound check. And they go, yeah, 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 yeah. Then about two o'clock, everybody just disappears <laughs> and you're left standing there going like, uh, okay, what's happening now? And then, oh, siesta. And then about seven o'clock in the evening, everyone comes back and you've been sitting around for five hours feeling like a very silly English man. <laughs> and then they go, right, okay, let's do the gig. And you go, what? No, hang on, we haven't done a sound check. Uh, so, um, I've not experienced that. At which point everything goes, whoo, and ee, and lots of feedback and <laughs> things going wrong. So one of these would, would uh, uh, save save some of that squealy embarrassment perhaps rich i'm guessing by your chuckling this might be an experience that you have uh, uh, you could share you you've shared at some point <laughs> in i in couldn't siesta possibly country. share it any better than that in but, siesta uh, country. yeah that was good yeah absolutely i can relate actually so what happens in that situation does that mean you just have to get in even earlier to make sure that you get the sound check in before siesta kicks off um what happens um, in the situation where the crew takes off all day? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I probably still haven't gotten there yet, but, ah. you know, because I'd go with the band. I don't go with the no, crew. No, no, of so course, yeah. Those guys probably end up sitting around all day just like Mark described. <laughs> and the band never, know, uh, never any the wiser. Probably. No, we I do. mean, they we don't get up till late anyway because they haven't gone to bed till late and they sleep in the day. So it's just a different culture, really. <laughs> mm -hmm. Excellent. Anyway, well, um, that sounds like a, a, a fun thing anyway. So the next thing we were going to take a look at is, uh, what's the time? Yes, I think we've got time to do this straight away. This, a new instrument from Mr. Timothy Exile, as his mother probably calls him.
I made Flesh because I wanted to have an instrument that would allow me to perform a whole track in one go. So as far as I understand it, and I, I haven't actually been able to study and, and get the information too much, the idea is that you could load up 12 samples in it. It's a reactor-based, very clever thing that analyzes the rhythmic melodic content of any samples you put in it, and then which affects the way that the modulations and the sound generation of the 12 devices, I think there are 12, operates. Obviously, he's demonstrating it with the uh, control keyboard. We won't play it all, but I mean, Tim Exile, I mean, I think one of the things that he said in one of the other videos that I saw was that he made it because he, well, actually, he doesn't say that it's in the text on the website, actually, where he's saying that, you know, he ha used to have or does have this very complicated uh, multi-controller, multifaceted um, setup that enables him to, you know, do what he does. And he wanted to kind of make something that was uh, a bit more compact that allowed you to allowed him to create and compose using some of the techniques that he's got in his system and also allows you to record all these individual parts. I think this works uh, with that way. And so it does look kind of cool. It's using the Re Reactor 6, which obviously, as we know, has quite a lot more capabilities. I know it's interesting, Gaz, isn't it? Because all his, all his instruments seem to be named after parts of the body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but this does look really, really cool. And I think one of the really interesting interesting bits about it is in the fact that each of the modules each of the different sort of uh, effectors i'm not sure what you call them uh have essentially the same four controls so you can adjust the four macros and adjust those equivalent four things for each of the engines but you can kind of set the ranges that each of those controls will affect right so it's a very nice interface meaning that you know boiling it down to just those four controls but with enormous amount of effect i think is uh it looks and i haven't tried it yet but i definitely want this one it looks like uh it, it looks like that the fun element of it and the exploration element of it would generate remarkable amounts of uh, possibilities and one of the things i really liked about what i read about it recently was that tim exile said you know the thing he's going to be doing next is learning how to play it himself. <laughs> right. You know, he's he... created something there that's a pretty vast thing. <laughs> yeah, just looking at the web page, we've got the sample engine, which changes the sonic character of the sample. Uh, the synth, which rebuilds its wavetables based on your sample. It engine transforms your sample into a monophonic sequence or lead. Polysynth engine, which is granular synth that takes your input signal into chords. And subsynth engine, effects engine, and modulation page, which is, I think, the oh, I haven't actually switched that. I'll actually switch that on, shall I? And then, then you'll be able to see the things I was talking about. Uh, of course, if you're watching the um, the subsynth sub module, cleverly follows either the poly module or the mono module. So or the incoming know. pitch, yeah, or the source from the phone. Oh, I see, yeah. So it looks like there's a lot. I mean, it sounds like there's probably going to require a fairly decent amount of grunt to run that in Reactor. I mean, as Reactor, as we know, I mean, I, I imagine that Native Instruments have done quite a lot in the latest iteration to kind of make it more DSP efficient and what have you. So it could be kind of cool. And, um, Rich, have you have you tried any of Tim Exile's instruments? I know you're quite a you're quite an adopter of these uh, Reactor-based ensemble stuff. Yes, I have both uh, mouth and finger. I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> Which order? I, <laughs> there, Easy there, are, there are so um, many commentators. There are, what other could he possibly come up with? Mouth, finger. Yes, well, let's not go there. We're, we're a, a family-friendly show, generally speaking. <laughs> As regards this thing, it looks all wonderful, cool, and groovy, and at the same time, it kind of looks like the ultimate arranger keyboard. You yes, know, I know you what you mean. You press a key and a whole bunch of shit happens. Oops. Depending on what you put in it, I suppose. Yeah, and, I, and I'll bet it could be used really creatively, and I'd like to see it used that way. Um, but he was kind of being very random in his generation of things, and he wasn't, like, adhering to any kind of patterns between the thing. I want to – I need to have a sense of how well it can be arranged yeah, and how hard, random – it, it is hard to uh, How that. well you can constrain its randomness because he seemed pretty random in his performances on it. Yeah, I mean, I hope really? it's not. I hope it's not another one of those kind. <laughs> I didn't think. Of, that. Did you not? Oh, okay. Well, it it, it, it was yeah. random in terms of the 
maybe the intervals and the movement. There is an underlying chord sequence, I think, under there somewhere, but it's quite hard well, to tell. But yes, I know what you I mean. I watched a whole bunch of his videos. I, I actually spent some time with this thing, uh, you know, uh, at a distance. And uh, I don't think it's for me, but it is cool. And it does a lot of stuff, like real easy. You could press a key and a lot of stuff happens. And then you can press the key next to it and a lot of other stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. See, I, I watched his videos as well, and I kind of noticed that it all sounded to me, I mean, maybe my ear is slightly is not quite attuned enough to know that it's not, but it just sounded to me like it was all on the same note or all in the same key or all in the same relative key. So the, so So... It didn't really seem to move around a lot. I went from video to video thinking, wow, this all sounds really similar. But in the, in the same kind of way, I don't know if anybody's got that um, iPad app called Orpheon, which is a kind of, uh, it's it's tabler things. And the harder you hit the screen, the, the more the timbre of the instrument changes. And it's a sort of an FM kind of synthesized uh, drum with a with a kind of FME edge to it, uh, and everything yes. to me sounded a bit FME. Um, and then I listened through all the demos, and they all sounded much the same, apart from one. And this was one way he hadn't put a drum loop into it; he'd put some kind of ethereal sounding pad into it, and then all the stuff over the top, all of those kind of FM overtones, like the 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 chord, which I noticed was called polytheism, which I thought was amusing. And and the mono thing, which I noticed was called monobrow. So I am a polytheist, I think. <laughs> and I do have a monobrow. So I guess he's already, you know, marketing to to me. That's in very an targeted, way. very targeted marketing, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, there are some comments coming in the chat room which are kind of saying, you know, you great more music by numbers. You know, just push a button and, and shit happens, as you said, Rich, which I think is a fair comment. But I, I suppose I'd really but like. So, but so, but for sound evolving by. For, as a sound evolving tool, it sounded like when he didn't put a drum loop in it and when he put something musical in it, it was evolving all these harmonics and kind of different things. In the same way that, you, I don't know if you remember that you used to be able to put like a whole series of waves into a wave station and then crossfade between them. So you could hold down a pad and it would start off sounding like a string and then it would sort of like just morph into something else. It's that, this sounds like you could create really fabulous, dark, evolving kind of... Uh, ethereal sound beds for for film yeah, that, music that sounds like quite an interesting idea so i mean we, i'm, su I'm surprised i think it, it, yeah, somebody sorry. needs to use it in the same way that he's using it and then we'll see how good it is yeah i know what you're saying uh, i'm surprised that we didn't get the now trending kind of ambient noodling type of uh, demonstration for this because that's one that i would personally respond to but yeah that sounds that sounds like an interesting idea guys don't take it away from the rhythm and give it more just more harmonic well, content I, I've got recently got the binaural microphones uh, that I've been planning on getting for many years, and um, so I've been, there's a little project that I'm going to be involved with soon, which involves going to get found sound, so and then manipulate that found sound. So this actually looks perfect for for that particular uh, endeavour. And and Can I'm quite I be in that project, please. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a whole load of fun to me. Uh, that's just, I, I love doing things like that. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's uh, I'm really interested in exploring binaural recording more and more. I know Mark is incredibly interested in it too. But a conversation I've had recently with um, someone who works um, in the games industry, you know, just talking about um, the virtual reality binaural experience. Uh, there's going to be just such a lot of development. Oh, yes, that's true, yeah. I just wonder just how binaural recordings fed through all of this. Um... Whether it's dealing with, with whether it has a lot of stereo imaging. I don't know. It's hard to tell from the demo. I'm not sure if they did, but, but that's a very good point. I mean, as, as we've seen, there's uh, Oculus Rift, there's, uh, I mean, Facebook, I think, are getting into it. Or do they own for Oculus? I can't remember which way around it is. But there are, there are multiple competing three-dimensional kind of 
viewers entertainment kind of technology all sort of vying for position at the moment it's going to be like the sort of uh, Betamax VHS wars but with more competitors I think quite soon but it would be nice if there was a way for people who are sound designing for these things to use uh, specific tools I mean I know because obviously you've got VYs and FMOD in the gaming market and maybe those sort of things will be able to work as translators between this and whatever it is the 3D thing happens I don't know uh, Rich because Oculus hasn't really made it over here have you seen any of that 3D stuff have you been exposed to any of it because it's a bit more at, uh, around there than i think it is here it hasn't really made it across because it's still in prototype you're just going to say no aren't you i do i however have a friend who's deep in and widely respected apparently in the virtual uh reality vr world but i don't know anything about any of this so okay I think the less I say about it, the better. <laughs> but I think this is something that's actually probably going to come up more and more. In the is that one yeah. of the reasons that you went binaural there, Gaz? Because you just thought, well, this would be a kind of a way that you can enter into that whole world. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, although talking to this chap, you know, he's saying that it's the processing. You don't need binaural recordings for the, the for the game environments because uh, they need to kind of ah, uh, they do it in themselves do it with a, like a kind of a program to well, be able quick, to move. Uh, QuickTime has it built into it. QuickTime's got some really good binaural tools built into it. Ah, okay. I haven't seen um, those yet. But, but absolutely. I mean, you know, this is, whether we like it or not, that going to be, the you know, in five years' time, it's going to just be the dominant thing. You know, it's going to be enormously, you know, it's going to be a huge thing. Right. Um. Uh, you're saying you haven't seen them. You probably have. If you've ever clicked it, uh, on the pan control in Logic and clicked into the, uh, there's a there's a binaural panner in there with a radial uh, pan thing, and you can switch all of your pans in Logic to binaural pans, and you can choose what uh, kind of output you're feeding them to. So five point yeah, one or seven point one that's been, stereo. That's so. been since version five, hasn't it? It's been quite an early. Yeah, it's yeah, been I in a long that. time. So I remember doing that, but that's based on the underlying Apple binaural sound engine, which they use for gaming, and it's actually quite good because they use it to create gaming environments, uh, gaming environments for partially sighted people, and if it's good enough to convince them then it's i i would say that it's probably good enough because no, they can't play they can't play the game based on sight they have to play the game based on their perception of sound and the direction that it's coming from so they uh right they use oh you still there yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were. I thought you. Were, I think you're... I muted myself. Sorry. No, you. I, th <laughs> oh, I told you I was tired. Your voice. You, you, well, what you've done is it sounds like it's changed your sample rate. <laughs> ah. Okay. That's because I just loaded Logic. Sorry. <laughs> Have I gone back to normal now? No, you are uh, like a munchkin on helium, which is kind of fun. But that will will uh, we could live with that for a little while. I'll switch away to to cover your about that's brilliant. So um yeah, but I think it's uh I think it's eighty nine bucks. Uh, you need the Reactor Six player or obviously Reactor itself. But it does look like it's going to be a lot of fun to work with. That's uh, the Timex thing. Anyway, I think it's time now uh, to introduce uh, obviously our, the, our other show sponsor Ozone. Of course, uh, before we get started, uh, we've got a couple of competitions to announce because obviously we didn't have a live week last week, but there was a competition last week. But first of all, let's just give uh, the um, the people. Uh, a chance to tell you about Ozone 7, which is pretty much the ultimate mastering suite. Isn't it? <laughs> I don't know why this happens over there. There we are. Produce rich, full, professional sounding tracks with the critically acclaimed mastering tools in Ozone and Ozone Advanced. Now, the latest isotope innovations in Ozone 7 bring modern and vintage processing to the forefront of the music production experience. Updated for Ozone 7, Ozone's highly regarded maximizer features a brand new frequency-specific IRC4 algorithm that delivers transparent mixes with less pumping and distortion. Use it to smooth out an unwieldy mix, or tame the kick drum peaks without affecting the vocals. The Dynamic EQ, 
Now, in both the advanced and standard versions of Ozone, lives and breathes with your audio, giving you more effective control over your sound without coloring your entire mix. Harness the precision of an equalizer and the musical ballistics of a compressor in one integrated processor. I'll stop it there. That's, uh, thank you very much to Isotope for sponsoring the show. I would very much appreciate it. And we've got some winners. I'll start two weeks ago because uh, then we can come to the nearest way. And if you stay tuned, uh, you'll be able to enter the chance to win uh, another copy of Ozone 7. So from uh, Sonic Talk number 425, I want to uh, send a shout out to Extra Borg 3, who... Uh, his well he's called matthew but his, his twitter handle is at extra borg three at uh, one word and he were uh, he basically tweeted uh would be the icing on the cake for my new look studio in fact his new look studio is right here so he did post uh he's obviously been working on a studio refit as you have so i want to say congratulations to matthew uh aka extra borg three if you get in touch with your email address uh the isotope fairy will be able to deposit uh, ozone seven in your inbox and you'll be able to indeed enjoy that in your new studio and also we had another competition for last week the, the week before where we asked you to tweet uh uh mix glue and ozone seven to at isotope inc and at sonic state and the winner is sam McEwen, and he says in, he's in desperate need of an ozone layer and he's on my bedroom jams help me well we can help you sam so again if you get in touch your twitter handle is at sam McEwen. Uh, so please do both of you get in touch and we'll be able to uh, facilitate your ozone 7 copy and of course this week we have another competition as is always the way you can win isotope ozone 7 uh, we're looking for the hashtag mastering suite this week which is one word hashtag mastering suite and the hashtag ozone seven and if you if you mention at sonic state and at isotope inc you'll be entered in the competition and our fantastically complicated uh supercomputer winner winning device will pick you for next week so please do that uh i'll say that once more time tweet the hashtag mastering suite one word and the hashtag ozone seven with the letter with the number seven to at sonic state and at isotope inc and once again we thank isotope for their sponsorship of the show very much appreciated right the next topic is ah oh, yeah, this was yeah top utilities now this was something that the only reason this came up for me was because uh when i was doing the um uh, I'm trying to remember what it was now. I was doing uh, a review, and I can't remember what it is I was doing. I think it was the... Um, God, dear, that's terrible. I've completely forgotten. I needed to route two USB devices to each other without running a DAW because I wanted some other things going on. And I found this utility called MIDI Patch Bay. This is an OSX one only, and it's just a really neat uh, idea. What you can basically do is you could just set a MIDI input, which would be a USB device... Uh, connected to your computer you can either route it directly to a daw or you can route it to another physical usb output a, a port where if you've got multi ports and it's just really a, you load it up and it does the routing for you so you can route devices into each other so i think in my instance what i wanted to do was route uh, a, a controller to another piece of uh equipment that so i could basically control it without having to run the whole thing in one go and it, i just thought well this got me thinking because there are a lot of I mean, there are a lot of little utilities out there this one's a free one and it's by a chap called i think it's called not a hat so if you search for midi patch bay not a hat and you're looking for something like that it's very very handy so really what i was going to ask uh, uh if anybody else had any tips uh, along this line, just sort of little utilities that you find endlessly useful that aren't necessarily, you know, the superstars of the plug-in world or whatever. So uh, I could see you're all looking at Skyward, wondering what on earth you're going to say at this point. Uh, Rich, hold his finger up, so I'm guessing that means you get to go first. <laughs> I don't recall if... I don't think we discussed it on here, but there's a plug-in called Bitter. Bitter. As in B-I-T-T-E-R, Bitter. That is nothing more than a bit scope, but it was introduced actually on uh, the Pro Tools, uh, Pro Tools Expert website to me in a video they were doing about managing dither and bit, bit numbers and how it, it was actually very useful. If, if you had asked me this question 15 years ago, I would have a folder full of clever little things that help me calculate delay times and do all kinds of interesting things. Today, I hardly need them because almost all of that is built into the DAWs, regardless of which one you use. Yeah, so, that's true. 
there are there aren't that many and i plus i was never a guy who was really like waking up in the morning and looking forward to diving into the environment page and logic you know i wasn't that guy <laughs> anyway so um so i used to have like folders full of this kind of stuff for these kinds of little conversions and and viewing things and stuff the only one i've got now is this thing bitter which uh seems very it's, interesting and i can tell you it's is by stillwell audio yeah, that's them. Those and the here it is. It's download free. It's 32-bit, 64-bit Windows, Apple, VST, AU, Artex, AAX. And it, it's just a, um, like, a, what's it do? It shows how it's many of the available bit, oh, bits are used by the audio signal. Okay, that's a nifty idea. It's a bit scope, and it really does point up how uh, the digital audio is being managed in terms of word length while you're doing various things. Cause you start with a track that's uh, whatever, 24 bit track and you adjust its volume. And all of a sudden the bit scope like billows <laughs> because it takes a whole bunch of processing and extra bits to calculate what you've just done. It's really quite interesting. And then, uh, what else? They did an interesting demonstration on this on the Pro Tools Expert website of what happens when you use 32-bit floating point and why people rave about it so much. And uh, they did a great demonstration of that. It was cool. Excellent. Now, that's so really useful. Thank you very much. We'll put that in the in the show notes. Uh, there are, I mean, the chat room is coming up. Trumps with lots of it. Obviously, uh, there's uh, MIDI pipe there, uh, which is a great one. There's also uh, what's the one that I use for MIDI monitor? These are all OSX because that's my MIDI monitor is very useful. If you just want to see what's coming out of a MIDI device, just switch on and it gives you just a stream, and you can do filtering to sort of so you're not getting lots of system real time messages. So and you wiggle it. I use it in reviews because obviously I want to see very quickly whether or not a device is outputting MIDI controller and i don't want to fire up a door and try and map it i just basically put that on and then i can see what it sends out and it means that i can monitor you can monitor th and then send the, the 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 midi through to other apps and that's a really good one and that's a free one i think that's i don't think it's updated all that often i mean it just works that's a really good one these are all midi utilities for me i yeah. won't say any more in case uh, one of you has got one that you want to fire <laughs> was that one the of one, yours guys yeah the one i wanted to mention was the black magic uh, disc speed test a little a little a little app you can download for free and it's really cool because you can test all your external drives and just see which ones you know it's just a it's just a cool little way of assessing how fast your drives are and i've started doing more video stuff recently so i've uh, so really that's what it's about it shows you what video it's capable of writing and reading from to the drives but also but it's just good it's just good because I, I, i've got so many different drives attached it's just interesting to see what kind of performance you get from them but um but when you test the mac pros drive there's like two speedometers it's one for read and one for writing here we go there it is. right there on the app store yeah yeah it's cool it's, it's cool it's, uh, it's useful Excellent. Well, it's it's one of those things that uh, you don't come across very often, but often one just assumes that your all your drives are going to be super fast because, you know, everybody thinks that they are. But sometimes you might have something that's maybe just down going down to USB 2 or even USB 1. You might not be getting that much speed out of it and that that could be uh, an issue in the um, in the in your flow of stuff. Yeah. Um, Thank you very much, Gaz. That's very helpful. Uh, and yeah, you could just, and I, I, although this is on the App Store, I'm pretty sure uh, Blackmagic Speed Test, and we use quite a lot of Blackmagic gear here, and it comes as part of the suite, but you can get it for PC as well. It's not just a Mac thing. Um, okay, I'm coming to Mark, who looks deep in thought. That's because I can't remember what any of them are called. <laughs> um, on the Mac, hardly anything. But actually, if you've got a Mac, you absolutely have to go and get Soundhack, even though it's like 2,000 years old or whatever. When did he release it? I'm just looking at it now. It's on soundhack.com backslash freeware. The original release was on October the 26th, 1991. Um, but it allows you to pull sound apart in a, like really interesting ways. You can like pull the noise out of uh, actually. Uh, you can pull pull the fun fundamental frequencies out of a sound and all the harmonics, and you can separate the two. And uh, you can do lots of binaural stuff in there. Actually, it's got all the head related transfer filtering, um, all sorts of different stuff. So just unbelievably useful. And then I was trying to remember what all the because I use a number of different programs on my PC to get sound out of one uh, program and into another program in much the same way as 
you might do with Jack or Soundflower, but I can't remember what they're called. It's like there's a MIDI one called something like Virtual MIDI Driver. Right. Uh, and there's a, a, but there's an audio one called something like uh, RTP. Oh, no, RTP MIDI. Maybe. RTP MIDI it's is very of, useful. That's the one that's, yeah. that's the network audio driver because it's not built into, it's built into OSX, but you just wrote a little u- utility and it runs on PC and then you can join uh, all the other computers uh, if you've got OSX computers or other PCs that run RTP MIDI. It's a very low footprint thing and then, then it will transmit MIDI around, you know, over Ethernet or Wi-Fi. So, I mean, we use it here. I mean, it's this whole setup is based around RTP MIDI where, you know, I'm pressing oh, okay. a button here and the oh, RTP MIDI maybe yeah the rtp midi goes over to a pc over there it goes to a mac over here there's a an ipad in the mix sometimes which which transmit and listens and it's that's really useful particularly if you use midi a lot for remote switching or triggering key commands that sort of thing there's a lot of these nifty i mean a lot of you know what i think it's called actually i think it's called virtual audio cable thinking about it the pc audio to audio thing okay Audio, virtual I had audio. to buy it, I remember it, but it wasn't expensive. It was like £27 or something, and then it lets you take um, MME, it, it, it virtualizes a Windows MME driver and then will let you feed audio from one program back into another program in much the same way Jack does or SoundCloud. Ah, okay. That's all useful stuff. In fact, stuff. this is it. Yeah, it is called Virtual Audio Cable, and it's... Uh, You'll I see have to that. Google it because I can't read the It's URL by Muzuchenko software. That Muzuchenko. sounds about right. I'm putting that in the show notes. Don't worry, folks. I will try and put all of these in. But yeah, lots of little invaluable things. Uh, they're still out there. And as you say, Rich, a lot of this stuff has become something that we take for granted because it's, you know, a lot of metering and a lot of these things are available in in the larger DOW packages. But there are some things that aren't. Or maybe you just don't want to load a large DOW package to do something very simple uh, if you've got something else going sp- on. The computer. I spend a lot of time... Oh, are you talking to Rich? No, yeah, I was, yeah, I'll talk to you as well. Rich nodded. I spend a lot of time trawling around uh, maxforlive.com. That is a really brilliant website with lots of people coming up with all sorts of different innovative things. For uh, I'm, I bought a thing the other day which uh, uh, allows me to completely remap the Launchpad Pro and um, create um, uh, user music scales. Oh, there's an oh oh that's another thing. Have you seen the J seventy four thing? There's a thing by somebody called J seventy four who does this Max for uh, it's a Max application that completely remaps the Launchpad Pro and and uh, gives you all sorts of different musical scales and you can just click on the scale that you want and uh, and it gives you a really really nice layout actually that works really well. But um, loads of things for creating chords from a single key on maxforlive.com or for or for pitch shifting audio in really weird ways and loads of free synths on maxforlive.com. Oh, we'll check that out. Really Just quickly in the chat room, that. there's uh, Audio Hijack. Yep, that's another one that's been... Uh, and something called Oscular, which I don't know what that is. It lets you use game controllers like Nintendo Wii controllers as a MIDI controller. That's very cool. So you can sort of hijack the... I guess it's Bluetooth, isn't it, on those things? There's there's a lot. Of... Anyway, um, we will try and put a few of these in the show notes, but I just wanted to get a, a couple of tips from you guys, so thank you very much for that. Um, all right, let's get on to um, this guy. Uh, this is very interesting. This is a new this is a Manda- this is a new drum pad system. This is a really quite a compelling demo.
which is, uh, that's a fabulous uh, demonstration. This is the new uh, Mandala V3, which is, uh, it's on an Indiegogo. And it's a, it's a kind of, it's quite an ambitious project. It's basically new pads, which have a very, oh, I've already loaded that page. Let me just go, I'll load the web page here and you can take a look. It's, uh, it's Indiegogo, so it's a Kickstarter kind of thing. And it's these pads which have a lot of, um, positional sensitivity as well as velocity sensitivity and they're also introducing a new kind of uh, sample format which allows you to load up lots and lots and lots and lots of samples I think you know over a hundred thousand velocity layers or what have you into a single file uh, which then allows you to programmatically set this up comes with uh, a little box and there's various different packages you could get it's a shame that Ty Unwin couldn't be on here because he's basically bought it he just said it looks absolutely fantastic and from the I, I don't think the demonstrate the, the kind of Indiegogo video is all that interesting but that was the most compelling video I found which sort of said well there you go that, that is actually kind of cool I don't know Rich I mean I know you record a lot of drums you know you're that's one of your things I mean and obviously it's a great I mean pads are very useful live obviously because of the lack of setup and the, the sound bleed and things like that are you finding that there are more people turning up in your world with more and more sensitive type pads or do you think there is a hole in the market for something that has this level of uh, playability i hope so because it looks like a really cool product and i know they're hoping so it's pretty expensive if you look at what it costs to buy a couple of these things, it's it's not cheap. No. But um, it's it looks like a really cool product. And yes, those demos are very, very convincing of that guy with the three drums in front of him. You know, one fully electronic, one of these things, and a normal drum. It was really impressive. Yeah, no, the sensitivity was very impressive. And I think, I mean, I think that's the thing that you notice. I know, and to be fair, the V-drum didn't come out best in that, but I have heard better demos of the V-drums. I don't know which V-drum it was. And certainly that they've really improved the way, because it used to be awful cymbal choking, and they've really improved that. And you get these really nice crescendos without too much of that kind of cut off and choke. So th those things have improved a lot. So it's hard to know exactly what that was up against. But there is, you, you, you can tell, and that did sound very sensitive indeed. I'd know whether, uh, Gaz, because you work with real drummers all the time, I mean, I, but I've seen you work with guys that are working with pads and stuff. I mean, this could be quite revolutionary, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, I think it, that demonstration that you did show, I mean, I think I've definitely used V drums that sound much, much better that don't do that. You can get around that thing that it was doing by just adjusting the settings. Uh, so that did seem a little, <laughs> a little bit unfair towards the the V drums. I think. Yeah, um, no, I agree. But it still sounded better than V drums I've heard in the past, anyway. But oh no, no, absolutely. And and the thing itself, it does. Yeah, I mean, it's it's terrific. And I, I think that file format sounds really interesting too, because you know, just in general, is you know, just single files that are multi samples. It's just really an interesting idea anyway um and i wonder if uh mpe you know whether the, whether this system could benefit from mpe just for more that's multi-dimensional polyphonic expression for those who are unaware of that acronym just like to add <laughs> mpe mpe <laughs> i've decided to be a full-on supporter of mpe um it's so yeah so i wonder i wonder just to allow for just that much more you know, macro electronic uh, human expression. Yeah, I know. I think it, it may well be. I mean, you can uh, put up to seven controllers into the box, I think, that when you get it. And I imagine they probably assume you'll buy a pad and a box or a couple of pads and a box and then go, crikey, I just need more because it'll be so convincing. I mean, you know, that would be the, probably the ideal marketing strategy, uh, assuming this can come up with the goods. And also it's to, it does require a plug-in or a standalone uh, sort of software interpreter to deal with that. So then that's not, it's not just the box and the pads you get. I don't know, Mark, do you uh, do you have any strong feelings about this? It did sound quite, quite impressive though, don't you think? Um, I know you didn't find the video that you watched particularly exciting. I fell exciting. asleep watching the video. <laughs> I am tired. Though. <laughs> um, uh, that's what happens when you go to bed at half three in the morning. I see. I don't realise I'm fifty-two. I haven't worked that one out yet, and then I have to get up at seven thirty to get my kid ready for school. So four hours sleep isn't enough for an old man like me. Um, so I did fall asleep watching the video, but I kept looking at it and thinking, why don't you just do that with a drum? So I, I'm. That, and that's not overly cynical. It just seems like, well, 
if you're going to do something that's got 100,000 samples on a pad and you can get all these different nuances, why make it sound like a drum? Why well, that's not make it sound like 100,000 things you could put... You could put a hundred thousand different bee samples in there, and then you could make it sound like a swarm of bee. Bees, it's a subject right? very close to your heart. I or, was, well, yes, or, exactly. or foley, but no, but, foley you know, perhaps would be a good one. Yeah, or be... something, just something. It's like, do you know? I, I, I spent the last week or so wondering about this. Like, we just keep making. I watched your reviews of the the JP06 and the. And the other one, and I'm really sad you didn't do do the third one because the third one's the one I want to buy, and I wanted to see what you thought of it. I didn't um, get but time, I, but, yeah, I also, but I do apologise for that. But it just ran um, out of time. But I also, it's like, why do we keep making these things that are like replicas of things that we invented in the 1940s and the 1950s? What's that all about? Who? Why do we want to emulate a synthesizer? Like the Jupiter 8 was like end of the 80s. It, that was the pinnacle of a style of engineering that kind of that Bob Moog invented, perhaps, or, you know, some bloke with a, a valve somewhere went, oh, if we short this out, it makes an audio signal. Like somebody, somebody's invented that. They're trying to emulate a physical instrument with an electronic thing. And we just keep going round and round this loop. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. What if we were to... Um, I don't know, take a flute, soar it up into sections and make impulse responses of every single section of that flute and then create a chain of electronics that was a chain of impulse responses that you could manipulate and morph into different things. And then, I don't know, maybe it might come out creating uh, some gigantic kind of piano that would be impossible to make physically, but it would sound like you had, if you see what I mean. Right, And then yeah, we're stuck in this two-dimensional world of... You know, all microphones are just like this tiny, flat little uh, measuring device. It doesn't measure the sound of this space. It measures the sound of that there. It measures like a one-inch diameter, paper-thin piece of sound. And then we play that back out of a, a, a four-inch diameter or a six or eight or ten-inch <laughs> diameter piece of paper. And it's like, come on, it's like invent new ways of capturing and replaying sound and then invent some different electronics that can feed into those things and then let's invent some like you know some real world things that make people go wow what happened there like uh, did a dinosaur come into the room or didn't it that's a fair you know, point whatever but it's like you know let's gaz is, gaz is chomping at the bit here so, uh, amen brother <laughs> people would have loved to have a, a Jupiter 8 you know what's wrong with a bit of fantasy a little small little thing like that just as reminiscent of a Jupiter I think it's brilliant things brilliant things I think your suggestion there you know Mark absolutely alright not well. the Jupiter the drum but, why are we making a drum that sounds like a drum make a thing that you hit <laughs> that sounds like something new that makes people go wow I've never well, heard that I, before I, that's I, incredible I think I mean I think just that Sorry. thing is, a, that drum is about, you know, you can completely 